0: hello and welcome back to episode 8 of the car week podcast I know it's been a while we're sorry about that we did try and record an episode but it wasn't the quality that we really wanted as you may notice if you're listening uh, if you're watching on the video we are missing we got a man down this week but we'll be back next week so... We may as well just kick it off and start with Cono who's going to give us some motorsport.
1: Yep. Due to us missing uh, last week's podcast, we missed out on the Singapore Grand Prix, along with the Russian Grand Prix that happened this previous weekend. So I think we'll first we'll kick it off with the Singapore Grand Prix. Yeah. Uh, Far- I'll start with Ferrari first. It's a street circuit, Singapore. They were not expected to do well, considering their performance at Hungary the in the previous season. The he as well. The heat and everything about uh, Singapore just looked like it wasn't going to be a Ferrari track. They didn't look like they had the downforce to carry them through the corners and the chassis didn't look up to spec.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But little did did we know, it turned out Ferrari have, I don't know what they've done over the uh, course of the mid-season, the season break. but They've done something. They've done something. (laughs) They took four straight poles. They've won, I think, nearly every race up until then. Yeah. They've been on a mad one. So because of the form that Ferrari have been in, the development they've done to the car, Charles Leclerc uh, was on pole, setting that was his third consecutive pole in a row. It's thing. amazing for a young lad like him in his first season for Ferrari, in his second season <sighs> in F1. He's really showing that one he here. Is, yeah. And then uh, yeah, and then getting to, before the race even started, Ricardo had a bit of a. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it was. Apparently, I think it was of MGUH or MGUK. Yeah, he was on his slowdown lap in Q one, so it wasn't even Q three. Mm-hmm. He went over a curb and it spiked something in one of the MGUK or MGUHs. Yeah, and um, yeah, and then the FIA saw, saw it and him. said it was a minute power like in like gain. Yeah, for so they said okay, that's it. You got you're starting from the back of the grid. When it was on a slowdown lap and it was for literally 0.01 of a second. It wasn't even...
0: Technology has these mistakes. It goes wrong, can you not? When
1: you're going over bumps and curves like that in extreme heat,
0: you are expect to see things some... to go wrong. Yeah.
1: It's not going to work. But then we get into the race. Uh, lap one, we had, a, we had a little bit of issues uh, going around some of the turns in uh, the street circuit, in the humidity, in the heat. Uh, we had Nico Hülkenberg dive bombing Carlos Sainz mean, what I want to say is turn three yeah I don't quite know where Hulk and both thought he was going because turn three not a heavy braking zone it's one everyone carries quite a bit of speed into so you don't see many people try the inside going into that corner just because they know everyone's going to sweep around from the outside but, but he, dec- he, he, d- he decided to and um, he paid the price Carlos Sainz ended up getting a punch from that and had to go down to the back of the grid to uh after his pit stop on lap two. And then uh Nico hulkenberg he he carried on. He he'll think he was unaffected. He might have had a bit of front wing damage. I can't quite remember. But then after that we had Ricardo on a charge from the back of the grid. He he said before the race he's not staying there. He wants to finish in the points. But as he was charging up, uh he came to dive bomb Giovinazzi into one of the turns and um, yeah, they came together, and that was Ricardo's first puncture of the evening.
0: It's such a shame, because you know when Ricardo starts at the back, it's normally going to be a good race. If
1: he was in a Red Bull, he would have been straight up there. Yes. As much as much as i like to see him at Renault, he's just not the car at the moment that just, he needs. Yeah, it's not the
0: same, is it?
1: No, but then after... It
0: hurts me seeing him right. like down the grid, it really Don't... does.
1: He should be a world champion by now. He has the skill, he is the calibre of driver, but... I really hope when the 2021 regulations change, he actually gets the car he deserves and wins a championship. But then after that, we had a... Coming together with Grosjean and Russell. We did. Well, Russell goes to go underneath Grosjean, or Grosjean goes to go around Russell. But then uh, coming off the corner, Russell starts moving out, taking the natural racing line. Grosjean was still there. I don't know if Russell just expected him to back out, but... Yeah, uh, Grosjean just pit manoeuvred him in straight into straight the wall. Straight into the wall. And it heard on the radio, Grosjean said I had nowhere else to go. But if you look at the video, there's one of the cameras that goes is right behind him, going to the yeah. straight. He still had maybe a foot and a half to get over, or he could have backed out.
0: I know the angle you're talking about because you can see them come round the corner. And, yeah,
1: yeah I, don't, I don't. Grosjean is. Uh, Grosjean. He's, he's Grosjean. I think that's the only way yeah. to describe Roman Grosjean. Then after that we had uh, Kvyat going back to his old ways. The Torpedo was alive again,
0: alive and well.
1: He went going into turn one with Kimi Raikkonen. He uh, he just started to launch one down the inside when it was he, he started from a way back. He wasn't even in an overtaking position. And
0: when you say launch, you mean launch? Oh mate, he
1: looked like he got shot out of a cannon when he went into turn one. I don't know why or what what he 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 just did it. And uh, that took Kimi Räikkönen out of the race and brought out the second or third safety car of the night. But uh, after that, we had, um, or before that, should I say, sorry, Vettel. He pitted, he was second in the race, and he pitted before Charles Leclerc. Everyone before this was set in really slow lap times. Everyone was going at snail's pace. But they pitted Vettel to cover off Verstappen, who was also coming into the pits. But Ferrari was not expecting the pace that Vettel had coming out of the pits. I mean, in the middle sector, everyone was doing 40s or something, and he did like a 30s, I can't remember. But he was four seconds up on the pace yeah. to everyone else. Then he undercut Charles Leclerc and uh, sort of took the race win. Yeah, It was a good drive by Sebastian Vettel, don't get me wrong. He deserved the win because he, he kept second, and then he just put in an outstanding outlap. But it was... Uh, Bit of a weird one seeing
0: the pole sitter,
1: race leader. For the majority of the race? Oh, you think he's going to have a comfortable win as well because he's just pulling away. And then uh, all of a sudden, straight back to second.
0: Especially with the previous races as well. It's just like... Oh, yeah. Everyone thought
1: he was going to win, but... No, but Vettel ended up winning in Singapore. So then we move on to Sochi, the Russian Grand Prix. Again, Ferrari's had amazing pace around Sochi. So uh, naturally, Charles Leclerc fourth straight pole and Ferrari's fourth straight pole in a row. And I want
0: to like, see more of it. Jimmy. What can
1: you say about this young man? I d- I don't know, but
0: before this, still though, not the favourite driver though, is he? <laughs> uh, mate, Don't Ferrari but, think? <laughs>
1: yeah, but they're always going to go for their four-time world champion. But yeah, I know. On paper, I know the right? I know the results on track aren't really showing that, but
0: on paper, yeah, no, you can yeah. understand it.
1: No, but uh, before Sochi actually kicked off, Honda were bringing an engine upgrade to this, uh, this round. So that meant all the Toro Rossos and the Red Bulls all took a grid penalty, mm-hmm. which didn't help one man, Mr. Alexander Alban. Yes. He's in Q1. He's going around the track. He's trying to just set decent laps to get himself into Q3. And he spins it, knocks himself out of the session. He ends up leaving in Q1. And due to the grid penalty, has to start in the pit lane for that race. So, uh, not the greatest showing for Alex Albon, but he made up for it during the race. Yeah, we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that, <laughs> that in a minute. But before the race even started again, Kimi Raikkonen. After Singapore, you thought he might have had a strong one. You know, he had DNF last time, so he'd have a strong showing this time. You know, just just to show he's still got it. Yeah. He jumps to start. I don't know what happened. Obviously, five red lights hit. They haven't gone out yet. Kimi decides he's going to leave. The Iceman thought, the rules don't apply to me. Yep. But then he caught in. He obviously got himself a grid penalty due, due to a <laughs> false start. Is he
0: the most experienced person on the grid? He's the oldest man on
1: the grid, I'm pretty sure. But uh, as the lights go out, the toe round uh, Sochi was amazing. It meant Mm -hmm. any car that was in anyone's slipstream was guaranteed to pretty much overtake in turn one. And that's exactly what Sebastian Vettel did Exactly into uh, the first corner. But there was team orders, apparently. The team orders that Ferrari was saying that was agreed by both drivers, apparently, before the race, was that Sebastian Vettel was obviously going to get the tow. And go lead into uh, turn one. They knew that was going to happen, so they said, "Don't worry, Charles. You've qualified on pole. We're going to switch you round later on in the, the race, race, and then you can uh, win. And you can take the lead and just carry on from there." Yeah. So obviously Ferrari, he goes past. A couple laps go by because they Gets need to, to pull a lead yeah. away from uh, Lewis Hamilton.
0: Gets to the point where they're ready to and then, change.
1: Yeah. Ferrari come on the radio said, "We want to do the switch." What does Seb say? Come, he needs to come closer. We can't switch now. And then another excuse. Ah, Hamilton's too close. Give it a couple more laps. You need to break away.
0: Yeah.
1: He's doing the typical racing driver move of I'm in the lead. I'm not getting out of the way. He's going to have to come past me. Yeah. Which, uh, for being a pre-organised strategy, has not looked great for Sebastian Vettel. Everyone was uh, looking back on Multi 21 with Mark Webber mm-hmm. and Sebastian Vettel. Everyone was saying that it was um, Sebastian Vettel playing another multi-21, not wanting to stay with the team orders and do it the Sebastian Vettel way. Well. <laughs> but I'd, I don't know if that's what he wanted to do. Well, it looked like what, it did what he look wanted like to that. do. But that ended up costing them some time. But on, also on the first lap, before we move on during the race, Grosjean, Giovinazzi and Ricardo. Oh God's sake... So we're going into the third turn. Grosjean's on the outside. Right, uh, Ricardo's going up the inside. And Giovinazzi's in, is the, in middle. the middle. <laughs> three cars into one doesn't, doesn't mix. <laughs> so obviously Giovinazzi's got nowhere to go. Raikkonen's got nowhere to go. And uh, Grosjean, he can't see that it's free wide going into this turn. So he's only expected one car to only give room to one car. So he's been clipped and taken out of the race. <laughs> ricardo has been clipped and got a puncture, so he goes further back.
0: You can just see the tyre just pull itself off. And Giovinazzi, the
1: the only man to actually get through it unscathed, the one in the middle, which I don't quite understand. No, neither. But uh, as the race goes on, Charles was putting in good laps. Ferrari uh, Vettel's tyres are dropping off, so they pitch Charles first and get the undercut Sebastian Vettel. But as Sebastian Vettel was coming out of the pits, Charles Leclerc goes past... And then all of a sudden, his MGU-K fails and he has to retire from the race. Which was even worse for Ferrari, because the two Mercedes behind him hadn't pit yet. No. So when Sebastian Vettel pulled over, the VSC comes out, all Hamilton and Bottas dive into the pits. They get basically a free pit stop and they come out in front of Charles Leclerc.
0: Yeah, because so they can put in faster times now.
1: Yeah, and now Charles Leclerc has to either get past both the Mercedes or sit where he was. So Ferrari made the strategy call to pit Charles Leclerc one more time. Put on the sauce opposed to the mediums or hards, whatever they had on. To give him the best edge to try and get past.
0: Just to try and crawl back there.
1: Which he uh, unfortunately did not. No. But just after this VSC ends, Russell. He's going into, I think it's the third sector. And all of a sudden, he locks up. He can't turn and he goes straight on into the wall. Williams, I don't think, have come out with a reason why. But he couldn't turn. He couldn't stop. He just...
0: (sighs) uh... I feel so bad for Williams when I just see that. I'm like... I feel bad for Russell.
1: He's a talented driver. F2 champion in 2018. And he's just...
0: I think it shows a lot about him, though. That he's like... He's gone in at the bottom. The only place from here now is up. And he's proved himself. He's
1: fighting as well. He's not finishing 19th all the time now. He's developed the car with Williams. And he is finishing sometimes 14th sometimes 15th exactly, just depending yeah. on the luck of the race but he has been showing he's got to pace in that car especially beating robert Kubica, a great driver not what he, he was when he was first in formula one but he's still beating him consistently yeah. every time and then due to russell's crash they pulled uh Kubica from the race because they didn't know what caused it and they didn't know if it was going to cause the same issue on Kubica's car it's not worth the risk for Williams no. especially for Williams when they do not have the money to put two cars exactly. right
0: no, but that. I happens. just saw dollar signs when the car crashed I was just like yeah
1: that happens Leclerc can't get past either of the Mercedes and it finishes with a Mercedes 1-2 with what should have been a Ferrari 1-2 and Leclerc's much. next win but that is how the, f- the uh, previous two Formula 1 races went Not a great one for Ferrari in the end.
0: However, Albon.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. No, that's all right. I wanted
0: to put way more emphasis on this because he was my driver of the day. Oh, Albon especially. Insane.
1: I don't know what it is. He done it earlier on in the year for Toro Rosso. He starts in the pit lane and all of a sudden he just turns up and he finishes great. He finished fifth from the pit lane in Sochi. I don't know how he done it. He's
0: crazy. I was
1: watching the race and he was doing some amazing overtakes on people. I mean, he was just making look that look so easy in that car. He got up to P5 and I thought... Or P6, sorry, I think it was, actually.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, P5 or 6 and P6,
1: either. He was... Um, Didn't
0: he, he have a really good fight with Gasly as well? Oh, yeah, Gasly and up. him uh,
1: <laughs> sort of went at it. Gasly was a bit frustrated because he thinks he should be in the Red Bull. Yeah, but, fighting for the seat. But, you know, it is what it is. But Albon driver of the day uh, we love you definitely definitely now jack if you want to take us on to some new cars you might have found
0: yes yeah, so now it is time for some new cars and i have four today we're going big and we're starting with a crazy car that's the, the crazy oh,
1: i can see the pictures and i don't even know what the hell this is
0: this is the rolls royce vision 103 ex so this is their first Vision vehicle, which, from what I can gather, means that it's their interpretation of what they believe a car to look like, like, about four to a hundred years or so.
1: This looks like it came out of the movie Tron.
0: <laughs> I know, and the reason I've included this is because I've seen it all over social media, and I think the whole style, everything about it is just bonkers. It is, the, is it actually a real car? They actually made this car? Yes, so they have a prototype of it. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know. (laughs) And uh, I just want to read a quote out from their webpage on the car. Yep. Each Rolls-Royce will be designed less like a car and more like an individual sculpture made from one seamless surface. Fluid curves sing with the warmth, romance, and opulence. This is a presence that proudly announces its arrival and lights your entrance with a personal red carpet. (sighs) That's their description Jesus. of the car, Which is very Rolls Royce. Well,
1: I mean, I don't quite know what to think of this. This is um this is a future.
0: This is a future.
1: I I won't complain about it. I mean that looks amazing. It looks like, is that a sofa in the back?
0: Yeah, so uh oh, so geez. they have made a prototype and from that I can now like list some of the features that are on it. it <laughs> so it has cut co- you has covers over the wheels. that's for extra aerodynamics and efficiency it also has storage compartments that are in the front just like in front of the doors and so they're at hand height and it comes out on this like small hydraulic platform like it comes out with the bags on top of it so the luggage is delivered right to you at hand height jesus i know it's ridiculous and then the, car, the way the car opens is insane. The roof lifts up and the door goes out. It literally lets you climb into yeah. the car.
1: It's not opening the door and getting
0: in. It's here's the roof, here's the door. Here's some steps. Welcome to luxury. So you climb up. And when you're in the actual car, you can stand up once the roof is up. So you can literally, it's like a room. And this reinforces even more why it's like a room. Because there's a Rolls Royce silk sofa for you to sit on. I'm assuming it's
1: autonomous driving.
0: Yeah. So there's a so there's a wool carpet. Again, Rolls Royce, like, tailor-made. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much a tailored living room on wheels, it is as far a,
1: as I'm concerned. It is basically a luxury living
0: room, portable. And they also, like uh, Connor said, they believe that at this point, everything will be autonomous. So you basically... Get in the car in absolute luxury, and it takes you to your destination. I don't
1: think they're wrong. Everything's going autonomous these days with all the electric motors. It's just easier.
0: Yeah, but and if everything's going that way, but I just can't get
1: over it. It's a sofa. It it's not a seat. Nope, it's, it's a, a sofa. sofa. <laughs> it's a literal oh, sofa. Jesus.
0: And um, one thing I did think about is: aren't most Rolls Royces already autonomous? Because when you think about it, you have like Giovanni the butler driving you around. It's pretty much autonomous (laughs) anyway.
1: For most owners, yes.
0: So you just have to cut down the expenses of a butler and get some more luxury. So
1: it's a win-win. The plus plus. They're thinking about the consumer here. They think a butler's too expensive these days or a driver's too expensive.
0: The average consumer.
1: (laughs) For the average consumer or our average consumer, get rid of it. No driver. Make it fully autonomous. But they ever said if this is going to be released...
0: No, and also I can't find any I'm presuming it's electric but I can't find anything about electric motors or what any specs but it's just like a it's a it is the future. Just, you're just sitting future. in a little pod pretty much and getting driven around.
1: It's crazy though. I will say one thing. I like it. I like the way it looks. And yeah. Yeah. I think I think I'd own one. I think I would own one if I had the money.
0: So if this is the way of the future it's going to be comfy. It's going to be that's, very that's comfy. That's what I'm happy with. <laughs>
1: I don't think anyone's going to be driving around feeling uncomfortable nope. if they have one of these cars. And they do
0: look like spaceships. It
1: is generally a five-star hotel nearly on wheels.
0: And it's phenomenal that it's not just, we're going to do this. They have made a working prototype.
1: Oh, yeah. Most companies very like, oh, we're, we're thinking of doing this. Oh, well, here's a working prototype. I
0: oh, know. So... Time for another prototype. What
1: the hell is this? So this
0: is the 2020 Honda E.
1: It looks like a square.
0: It looks like a cool little Japanese hatchback. It looks cute. It looks
1: chunky and ugly.
0: Oh, cute is the perfect word to describe that. No, this is chunky and ugly. It's not chunky, it's tiny. It's (laughs) chunky.
1: Look at it. It Uh,
0: The more I look at it, the more chunky it is. (laughs) It has
1: no cuts and lines into it. It's just a fat Honda. (laughs) Look at it, what the hell have they done?
0: So this is a prototype shipped in from Japan by Honda Europe and it's to showcase all the new technology. That's why they shipped it down here to show off at a car show. And although although it's officially a prototype, it's pretty much ready for production at this point. They've got it that close.
1: Are they actually going to start producing these? Yes. Am I going to have to see these on the roads as I drive around?
0: You might do if they do come (sighs) over here. God's sake so it is small but it's a japanese hatchback what more do you really expect back leg room is a bit of a luxury the boot is small <laughs> mm.
1: boot is non-existent and so is the leg room in the back i think you mean
0: but it has a lot of technology and some that i would like to highlight specifically carry on and this is that instead of wing mirrors it has cameras
1: that's not a bad idea actually
0: so they reduce drag which obviously increases the efficiency and also increases the safety. So basically, uh, the little cameras on either side, I think there might be one for the rear view mirror as well. But yeah, it reduces drag. But not only that, in like when it's raining, you obviously got... uh, you got rain on the windows, you got rain on the mirror. Everything missed up. This now you literally just have a clear screen that you can see through. Also at night there's no glare because oh, it's yeah, cameras you can reduce that and they can brighten it so you get a lot better no, view.
1: I, I think it, camera on the uh, wing mirrors and for mirrors I think is actually quite a great idea. And I
0: I think it's going to catch on. I think it will. I, I think, think we're really going to start
1: will. seeing every car with a mirror on the uh, side instead of a wing mirror.
0: And for audio I'm listeners sorry, where, where the dashboard is, it's literally just uh, two little screens either side as if you're going to look at the mirrors anyway. It
1: literally looks like you've got a free monitor set up in your room.
0: Also, another thing to note is because they're cameras, they're wide-angle, so it reduces the blind spot. So, reduces accidents. Even better. It?
1: Even better.
0: So, stats-wise, it's got an electric motor that has 148 brake horsepower. It's rear-wheel drive. Rear-wheel drive? I know. And does not 60 in an estimated 8 seconds. And it has a hundred and twenty four mile range, which it's a bit that's, poor. That's
1: that's basically it's gonna be your town runaround, that's all this will end up being.
0: Yeah, small commuter or something. And thirty six thousand pounds they estimate it to come out at. Well,
1: it's more than a golf nowadays. I dunno.
0: But I I like the styling. I I I like the interior.
1: I don't like the exterior, though. Yeah,
0: Yeah. do you not like the exterior? No. I don't mind it. It's like a really old... It looks like a small Range Rover,
1: like a small fat Range Rover. (laughs) (laughs) Small fat
0: Range Rover. Do you not see it? Oh, God, the more I see it, it's like a Discovery where it's got, like, the front and a different... Oh, God, no, with the flat back. Yeah,
1: exactly. Get rid of it. Oh, the more
0: I look at it, the I've now ruined this guy. No, you come no, in with so no. much ambition and hope I have ruined it. The interior is amazing. But I is love it? it.
1: Yeah, I do like all the screens and the cameras on there. I do like that.
0: And like the whole dashboard is just digital, everything. I See, love that's them. That's where
1: everything's going nowadays, a full da- digital dashboard, which I quite like. I like yeah. I It like won't make the cars, cars, cars
0: classic cars, but for actual user... Daily driving, it'll be amazing. Oh,
1: interface and all that. It's going to make life so much easier. All the
0: statistics. But, you know, I am a big fan of that interior, and I think the cameras as mirrors is going to catch on. Yes, We're going to be seeing that in a lot of cars. As long as they don't
1: pattern the idea.
0: Next, we have uh, the Audi ABT-A1 Sportback Widebody 1 of 1.
1: Here's the list of names. It's as long as your arm.
0: And so... I think this is... this is. I'm not going to go too in-depth, so I'll just do a quick one on this one. And I think it's a car that we are both going to love. We're going to agree that it's amazing. I mean, I looked at the uh,
1: colour scheme they've got it and the body kit they've got on it, and I already
0: want one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's a one-off car. Yeah. Which is annoying because I want one. Yeah. <laughs> but I do really want to mention it. So Come on, what's uh, if you aren't aware of who ABT are, Oh, I can't say I am. Oh, so they are a tuning company. You know, uh, do you know Mansory and Brabus? Yep. So it's basically, essentially, a company like that, but they focus a lot more on Euro cars, especially Audis. Oh right, okay. And they literally make the best Audis out there. Their their work is insane. Nice. They do. Uh, they obviously do all the cosmetics, but they also do engine tuning. So I could, if I
1: bought, say, an Audi RS5, I could take to them and they would...
0: Well, they they sell at ABT versions. Do they? Yes, and they are phenomenal.
1: I might have to look into them. So... i not saying I have the money for an RS5, <laughs> but you know.
0: But if you if you do... So it has a 2-litre engine from a TT Cup race car. Jeez. It's a 4-cylinder turbocharged... 310 brake horsepower engine. However, there's an overboost function, which temporarily gets an extra 30 brake horsepower for a grand total of 340. <laughs> However, they also managed to stretch the engine so it reaches about 400 brake horsepower. Jesus. And it has a straight pipe. Because why wouldn't why it? Why would you
1: want a catalytic
0: converter? And also, it has the two-tone design, because they made you Olsen's RS6, which was half and half. Yes, yeah. Half no, white, half black. Yep. That's inspired this design that they have on it.
1: I love that. Uh, it's
0: great. But I literally only have th- good things to say about this car. I want one. The kit looks amazing. The vinyl looks, it's just so aggressive it works, and violent. It? Look at that interior. The it's interior, weird. they've got uh, bespoke like, bucket seats and Alcantara everything. Just look at
1: that thing. It's, it's amazing.
0: There's no back seats, obviously, Cajun. Oh, it's just, it's I reduction, want one bro. Why would you want back
1: seats? <laughs> No, but I would have one of these. They are
0: incredible. They look so good. And Can I Can
1: I put it on my Christmas list? Do you think <laughs> someone will turn up with one?
0: Well, I mean, all the research and development and custom made if you if they did start selling more than one, I think they would be They would a be quite a popular a option, I reckon. They would cost so much as well, but
1: Unfortunately, yes, but
0: but unfortunately, there's only one. <laughs> we'll have to go and... They can be rest. persuaded. <sighs> yeah. Money talks. Everything has a price. <laughs> Everyone has a price. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um. ABT. Thumbs up. You've yep. done a good job.
1: Good job there. Well done.
0: Amazing. We love it.
1: Right, what am I looking at now?
0: So, uh, this is a bit of a throwback. In episode six, we talked about the Polar Star 1, Ooh. and we all really liked it. Yes. So now light, we have Yeah, now we are here with the Polar 2 on the table. So the Polar 2 is a five door fastback work base packed with hell of a lot of technology. Cause it's all Polestar, electric, I'm
1: assuming as well, like the Polar one was. Well the
0: the first one had that weird hybrid system, do you remember? Oh, and that's yes, why yes, we yes. liked it so much. However, this one is a hundred percent electric has two electric motors, one for the front axles, one for the back axles. It makes 408 brake horsepower, 660 newton-meters of torque. Uh, it, So it isn't slow for a five-door family car, maybe. I would stretch it that far. Oh, it's a four-door.
1: Like, it's higher up yeah. than a
0: Polar-style one. I'd, I'd say...
1: I don't know. Don't know. No, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it reminds me of the BMW like X4 and X6, you know, with the back extending a little bit like that. Yeah. So I reckon if it had like a flatter back, maybe like the um, oh, what I'm thinking
0: of. But do you need that if this is a family centered car, because the Polar Star One was very nice and yeah, yeah it had that Volvo look to it, and
1: it probably needs uh, the boot space. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Because for being a family car, but for looks wise, you can't tell me it probably needs. A Flatter back, yeah, but no, for the second car, I have to say, I probably am quite a fan of Polestar. Yeah, yeah, I, I would buy a Polestar. Uh,
0: here's the kicker a 500 kilometer range on the electric batteries, Jesus, yep. and 0 to 60 in 4.7 seconds. Uh, I also want to note that they now have a Polestar app. <laughs> Which allows you to customize your driving experience and play around with the regenerative. Well, how do you say it? How do you
1: say rege- regenerative?
0: Uh, Brakes.
1: Oh right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm on yeah, about. I can't crazy. say the it's word. A curve system. Yeah,
0: so you can uh, choose how much like power you want to bring back. You can have it. They said on the website you can get it. So it's almost your only really using the brake to drive because the engine just goes and then you use the brake to adjust it and feed power back in. I don't want to get too far <laughs> into it, but go on Polarstar's <laughs> website Just imagine, I you just at full
1: power on the engine and you've got yeah. to control everything on the brake. It is,
0: it is an interesting thing to read, so I recommend you go have a look.
1: There is some amazing technology you can get with all these electric cars.
0: And there is a performance package for the Polar Star 2. <laughs> it has Brembo brakes. It has dual flow valve suspension. has 20 inch forged alloys. And uh, here's the kicker gold seat belts. Gold seatbelts. Seat
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you'd need gold seatbelts. That seat belts, doesn't scream but...
0: performance. I don't know what does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you pull up to the line and someone someone's like, oh, you don't look too tough. Just show them the seatbelt Gold seatbelts. Back down straight away. Oh, no, no, no. How, how to win every drag race ever now.
0: So, we all liked the Polar Star 1 for yep. the styling, for the hybrid technology, remember? This is Polar Star 2, full electric. What were we thinking? Judging it from just a car perspective,
1: at the moment the inside reminds me of a Tesla, yeah, with the big screen in the middle. It's got like a BMW X6 exterior with like a Tesla interior, but I like the seats that like that cream seats. I think the cream with the black is a good two tone color, just because of the Polar Star One, it doesn't look too bad, it's got some good power performance and everything. I think I'll probably have one of the Polestar 2s. Yeah. But I'd mainly go for the Polestar I also
0: think, you know, like Tesla is really simplistic, like seriously. Yeah. This just has a little bit more, like the buttons on the steering wheel and stuff is a bit more. A little bit more, bit more to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean now. Yeah. I think it's the perfect match between like a mainstream BMW, Audi, electric car, all full shebang. And then Tesla, like with, it has a long range, but it's very simplistic and not much character. Yeah. This is like the good in between if that makes sense
1: i like I probably would have a polar star too
0: yeah and polar star keep up the good work yeah you're doing great at the yeah. moment
1: so what are we expecting next a hot hatchback
0: oh a
1: polar star hot hatchback.
0: because at the minute they all have the same like front grill kind of style oh, i do
1: like the front of the polar stars <laughs>
0: a hatchback version would be beautiful oh, lining them all up <laughs>
1: they came out with a polar star hatchback i'll be very happy
0: and as, as we recommended that, we'd like to be the first to test it. Oh, exactly.
1: <laughs> if Polestar do not come to us first, they will be outraged. <laughs> no, no, yeah,
0: we love it. So those are the new cars. And to summarise, we've got the Rolls Royce, which is bonkers. Oh, that, that's We've got the Honda e, which it is a small fat, uh, Connor Land Rover. hates. I think it's all right. No,
1: get it away from me now.
0: Then we have the Audi. Yes, just... The ABT Audi. Just every yes. box
1: is ticked. Just yes, okay? Yes. That's all we need to say.
0: Power, looks, into It does everything.
1: It does everything,
0: that car. And, and then then the Polar Star. The Polar Star is just a solid car.
1: We're not fanboys, we're just passionate. Just passionate. <laughs> just passionate. ABT
0: on the Audi. <laughs> <laughs> just passionate. Ah, so... Now it comes down to a car debate.
1: Not really a car debate, because there's not uh, three yeah. of us. So it's a car duel.
0: So, yeah, we're missing the Hurricane Evo yep, from Hurricane the car debate. Evo. But we're still going to have a little a little duel. Right.
1: In this, we've put in together some uh, mid-engine rear-wheel drive supercars. New ones. newer uh, yeah. semi-old. How long is... what? I've 19, it 2019. Yeah.
0: 2020. Well, I've
1: got the McLaren 720S. As we know, I love McLarens. I love the P1. I love the Senna. And I will say the same for this. I love the 720S. Let me just run you through a few of the stats: 710 brake horsepower, 568 newton meters of torque, top speed of 212, all coming from a four-liter V8 twin, uh, which has twin turbo uh, electrically actuated turbochargers, a seven-speed seamless shift gearbox, seamless. not just a normal automatic like in F1 car, Seamless shifting, where it's next gear, next gear, next gear. NOX to 60 in 2.8 seconds, NOX to 124 in 7.8 seconds. All this weighs for one of these just 1,424 kilograms. And if you wanted to buy a 720S, you're looking around 220, 218,000. 218, yeah. Bells and whistles on it, open differential, active damper, uh, dampers with proactive chassis control. It's got a DRS system, so when you're blasting it down the straights, you just get that extra bit of performance, reducing drag. Uh, LED lights, sports leather interior on some packages, Pirelli tyres, because if you're not going to have the best. (laughs) And then also, what I found was quite funny, you could also get, as an optional extra, an engine bay ambient light. So just well, you when sitting, you're showing it off... When you're showing it off, you could have red, blue, whatever you want as an engine bay ambient light. I
0: would have thought that would be in the Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah, I have all three. <laughs> to
1: be fair, when I saw it, McLaren practical cars, yeah. and then it's just like, here's an ambient light in your engine bay. I was like, you know um, what? I okay.
0: approve. Yeah. I do approve. We'll <laughs> take it.
1: Right, Jack, what have you got? I have the Ferrari
0: F8 Tributo. So, this is essentially uh Ferrari's new entry-level supercar. It replaces the 488 GTB, which came out in 2015, it's I think. Yeah, and it's not a brand new, built straight from the ground, like complete new car. It's kind of, it's more, it's more of like a replace. It's like a step up from the 488. I
1: would say it still has the 488 sides. Look it, yeah. It? Yeah.
0: So it's it's mainly just upgraded, like everything, and just. New technology to the 488. As long as
1: they've done performance wise, it doesn't really matter. They so have
0: much. indeed. So it's mainly upgraded in its design, as you can see on the pictures. Uh, it's got a new front and a new back, which I think both look pretty good.
1: It's Ferrari, it yeah, was always it's going to be good, beautiful. Wasn't
0: it? But also, they have way more aggressive aerodynamics, and also, the aerodynamics are based on the incredible 488 Pista. I love that car. It's (laughs) a beautiful car. It's a
1: beautiful machine.
0: So and also engine wise they've taken a leap from the research and development they did for the pista as well. So this is the only problem but without the hurricane here because I have a four litre V eight rear wheel drive. I also have seven hundred and ten brake horsepower. However, I'm pretty sure this revs a little bit higher. I think, because that's 710 brick horsepower at 8,000 RPM. If I remember seeing on the website, I think yours was... 7,10, Seven ten, but it was like seven thousand five hundred RPM. It's like pretty much the same.
1: I remember it not being as hard as I thought it was going to be for a seamless shift gearbox and a four liter V eight. Yeah. And a supercar putting out seven hundred and ten brake horsepower. I thought it at least probably rev to ten thousand.
0: But this does spice up the car duel <laughs> because they're very similar. Because I also have the same torque as you.
1: And I say stats wise,
0: did you have they are the same car basically
1: underneath? Not Yes, I have my not sixty. Yeah. What's yours?
0: Mine's is sixty in 2.9 seconds.
1: My, I've seen mine vary, so I just picked the lowest, yeah.
0: 2.8. Oh, so they're very close they performance-wise. Ve- have you
1: got 0 to 124 or anything like that?
0: No, I didn't. But I do have a uh, top speed of
1: 211. and Let me see. 212, <laughs> Jesus.
0: Oh, my God. So I can't say I know too much about all the like suspension and the new interior technology because it's Ferrari releasing a new car, which as we know... Who wants to know the details of the new car they Everything's just thrown in the air and it's just kind of... Get what information you can. But it'll likely have all the technology from the 488 but upgraded and everything you'd expect from a, a new supercar.
1: Yeah so if we're putting these cars up against each other stats wise there is no splitting them these are two cars that are basically the same performance performance wise wise. both got 710 both do the same 060 basically same engine is yours turbocharged or is yours naturally aspirated I think
0: mine is naturally aspirated
1: as I say because mine's got two turbochargers on it you know two whirly boys
0: everyone loves one (laughs) yeah
1: but if we're gonna go for looks wise
0: See, this is a hard one, because if I had got shown the red Ferrari, like the, the is it F8, uh, just in red, the front of it normally, I would be like, okay, because I love the styling on the McLaren 720S, I think it's a beautiful car, but when I saw this in red, I was like, yeah, I think I'd prefer the McLaren, and then I saw a picture of it in blue, yes. and Look up. uh, Ferrari F8 Tributo in blue. It's insane. This, like, metallic blue, it looks incredible. With the silver wheels as well, I'm a big fan.
1: Uh, Can we go to the McLaren quickly? Of course. As much as I like the McLaren, sometimes... For, it's just Ferrari in the Italian yeah. they just know how to style a car
0: because the McLaren I think is beautiful the,
1: it it has that typical McLaren
0: front yeah it's just aggressive but it's got all the lines there it's, it's going
1: it's to have all your aero vents get the cooling of the brakes all the air intake but I'm going to have to give it to the Ferrari the Yeah, Ferrari's front it's, just look just look at that
0: thing it's just impressive it's just it's just so I don't know
1: but we, let's look at the back.
0: It here. is close. The back is, it's all right. Do you know what it reminds me of?
1: An Acura NSX from behind. Yeah,
0: it has like the roundness of the NSX, and it has like the lights from an 812. i was say it's but, it's a bit
1: of a weird one. But then if you go to the uh, McLaren, it's your typical.
0: But it is not. It is cool. It does have the dual exits in the back. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah,
1: it's, it's still a nice car to look at from behind. What so
0: a... what's the conclusion looks wise then?
1: I don't think the McLaren has a good back. That's all I'll say. No. It's it does just... let
0: it down a bit.
1: I have to looks wise from the exterior Ferrari. Yep.
0: Okay. It's got oh, a big yeah, Ferrari. we can agree and on I that. I think there's
1: there's no there's no debating it. There's as much as the McLaren looks good at the front, it's let down so much when you get to the rear. Yeah.
0: And the Ferrari's just so like it's just It's Ferrari. It flows better as well along the chassis,
1: and but
0: now it comes down to the interior. The
1: the McLaren didn't shine too much in the interior. No, it is
0: classic McLaren. But one thing I do want to know is that I've seen a lot by people who own seven hundred and twenty Ss that they say the McLaren is one of the best cars in the world because it is insane on the track that has a luxury interior so it's like almost like a grand tour you can do long yeah. road trips it's comfortable it has all the technology that you need to like almost daily not daily drive but just to drive normally in so it can go along the street casually but also it can open up and it's oh, got yeah. incredible handling sticks to the road because that's where i think if the lamborghini was here the lamborghini you only really drive aggressively and that's yes and then drive, trying to drive that through a street would be a bit and
1: say, see mm-hmm. with, with McLaren they're more practical it's more performance they are ride a lot of just
0: technology yeah like perform they really concentrate and they say, on the performance I know with
1: some McLarens they don't even let you open the engine bay like you can't open the engine bay on some McLarens because they've put so much money into it they think oh we're not gonna have the customer mess around with it mm. the only way you could actually get into the engine bay is say you take your car in for a service or something yeah. and they actually go into it themselves but McLaren are just it's simple but you're more paying it's, for the performance as and the well is
0: like everything's there for a reason yes like yeah
1: whereas a Ferrari it's um I they just they
0: they it's do the a great same image. interior every bloody time and it is nice and all like that i think the seats are really nice the mix. is the same like, steering wheel every time yeah, as well <laughs> like they've always, you can see there's is subtle changes and don't get me wrong in like overall it looks really nice but it just doesn't have the wow but don't fix what ain't really broke the interior still you looks have good yeah i've got a good point it it does look good
1: I'm. I'm probably gonna have to give it to the Ferrari on looks as well.
0: I am because I just I I'm a big fan of the whole like those seats they have in the picture we have if you're watching on YouTube, and the dashboard it's just re- really clean and like I know I don't know whether they normally have the matte carbon fibre on the wheel and that but that looks that, nice. I was gonna
1: say that looks a lot better, but you obviously got your big red engine start button, and that <laughs> that's just one of your main
0: selling points. I love it. So is that a Ferrari? as well but now i think we need to go well performance they're the same Bef- but
1: performance you can't split them but general looks wise ferrari just done a normal ferrari and just made it look beautiful
0: and then the classic question from our other show car debate <laughs> <is, laughs> what one would you buy tomorrow if you had to go and buy one I think that's a quick answer for me and that's a 720s i was gonna
1: say for easy for me i like i like my cars to perform just the performance and the functionality of them and i like to drive
0: them i want them to work every time and be good at it
1: don't get me wrong the ferrari it looks great you'll be driving around the road and you'd like see a reflection in a window or something you'd be like i'm driving this car but when you're in the 720s you haven't got time to look at the window most of the time it's like I'm in a McLaren here, I've got to yeah. focus on driving this car.
0: And I feel if I owned the Ferrari, I'd wait for the 30 days a year where it's perfect sunshine like to go out Oh, yeah, it will be
1: it'd be in a garage for a while until you get some decent weather to go out in. The
0: it. McLaren I'd go out every weekend.
1: Oh, mate, it'd be your daily, wouldn't it? It would like be. Like you say, it'd be your grand tour and you would be your daily.
0: Because I think the McLaren is literally the jack of all trades. It does everything and it does everything well. Yeah. I, I would say more than well, to be honest. Am I right in
1: saying that I think we're going to have a tie here? Looks wise, it's the Ferrari. Performance wise and drivability, it's McLaren. It it's a tie. And stats, Is it you it can, a tie? And stats you can't split them. I think I think we can't split them
0: here. I think we need to go on a road trip with both the cars. <laughs> That's the only way
1: to figure this out.
0: No, I think we're going to have to call it a draw. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's I'm so surprised by how like similar to the performance specs are oh,
1: mate i couldn't believe it they're almost the same car underneath uh, but i think that'll do for yeah time to wrap eight. up
0: episode eight I so th- yeah time. thank you for sticking with us i know it's been a bit of a break and we should be back on schedule now all I'll, three
1: of us back on schedule yeah uh
0: every wednesday is when we upload and yeah jared will be back next week uh and, I mean, that's about it. We hope you carry on sharing the podcast to let everyone yes. know that we're still going. We, we promise we're still going. Yes. We're not giving up. Follow us <laughs> on awesome
1: Fate on uh, Instagram and Twitter at CarWeekPodcast. Yep. If you're uh, listening on U- or listening on Spotify or any of your favourite podcast app, give us a rating. It really helps us yeah, out. Yeah, it and, really uh, pushes subscribe. the podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, please uh, like the video, uh, comment what you want to see, and uh, subscribe as well. That yeah thank you so much for thank watching for and watching. sticking
0: with us we'll yeah. see, ya see you next week